Welcome to Season 2 of the Adopted Brothers Podcast. This season, we will be sharing stories that will make you laugh, cry, but most of all, be encouraged. Let's get started. Welcome to the Adopted Brothers Podcast. I'm Gerald. And I'm Craig. Today, we're going to be talking with Whitney. Whitney, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us what your favorite comfort food is? Absolutely. My name is Whitney Ford, and I would definitely have to say chocolate. I love toffee specifically, but I can be pretty content with any type of chocolate. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I love chocolate too. It's a definitely a daily thing for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. Well, perfect. Um, uh, like I said before, I just really appreciate you, Whitney, coming on our podcast and uh, sharing your story. We're just going to have her share today about her uh, testimony on uh, adoption and how that intertwined in her life and just her story. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So yeah, if you'd just like to start off with, I guess, just kind of how it all began. Your adoption story. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, every time I have shared my testimony throughout my life, I've always started by saying that I was adopted when I was two months old and grew up in a strong Christian family and always knew that I was surrounded by love from every side. So just felt like I had a really firm foundation. I know you guys interviewed my birth mom, Brooke, already and got to hear her side of it, which was so cool. And I'm always so humbled when I listen to her story. But yeah, I grew up in a family where I I always knew that I was adopted. It was always a part of my story and it was always celebrated really well by my parents. I think my dad would always talk about it to explain that he chose me, they chose me. And they were just so blessed that God chose them to be my mom and dad. So I think growing up, I always had just a really good perspective of adoption. I would definitely say from the perspective that my mom and dad would share with me about adoption. And then also I was blessed to be able to have relationship with my birth mom and with my biological siblings as well. I tell people that growing up, I probably for a while didn't really understand the whole concept of Brooke being my birth mom and Hillary and Chris being my half siblings. I think it kind of just felt more like they were family, kind of distant family that we would see, you know, once or twice a year. And I remember always being excited to see them because whenever they came over or whenever we would meet up in public, I mean, they would just shower me with love, like kind of to a ridiculous amount that I would get uncomfortable. But I just remember being so grateful for that because I knew I had unconditional love from my adopted family. And then I had unconditional love from my biological family. And then I think as well, a huge part of my adoption story would have to be the fact that I grew up in a really awesome church growing up. My parents were one of the first families in the church that I grew up in. They always tell me that I was the first baby that was dedicated in their church. So I always prided myself on the fact that I had an incredible church home and an incredible church family to grow up in as well. I think growing up for me, adoption was always seen in a really positive light. It was always seen as a really good thing. And I think so much of that just had to do, again, with how my parents portrayed it to me 
And the fact that I actually knew where I came from, I knew my birth mom, and I knew how much she loved me. And I think there was just a lot of security in that. That's an amazing story. That's uh, amazing how you put all that all together, because a lot of times in adoption, it's not put into light. And a lot of the things you talked about of just letting you know that you're adopted and just all those things combined into one thing. It's awesome. It's definitely good information for other people to take. Yeah. Throughout your story, Whitney, who who encouraged you or inspired you, I guess, along the way, other than, and I know your parents did as well as Brooke, but just any pivotal people in your life that really inspired you just to help you along the way? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to have to think about that for a second. No, you're fine. I mean, I definitely would say, I would say my dad was probably one of the biggest, just because I think he always had such a, how would I put this? He had such a a biblical viewpoint on adoption. And so uh, to be honest, growing up, I don't really think I knew a lot of other kids who were adopted. I don't think probably until, oh gosh, I don't even know, maybe even after high school, I didn't really start to meet a whole lot of people that I knew were adopted and I didn't hear a lot of other adoption stories. So growing up, I kind of, I thought adoption just was the way it happened for me. I didn't know There are just so many different stories and circumstances when it comes to adoption for people. But going back to my dad, he just had such a biblical viewpoint of adoption growing up. So I think that obviously made such a huge impact in my life and in my identity. And I mean, I honestly just don't, I don't remember struggling with my identity when it came to adoption that much. And I think a huge part of that had to do with the fact that My dad always said, we are adopted into the family of God. And what an incredible thing that you get to share that as part of your story, that you are actually adopted into a family that chose you. You get to share about God and his heart for adoption in that same way. So I think that was always such a huge, huge influence in my life growing up, for sure, just hearing his voice and The fact that, I mean, he still has such a passion for the word and he's so grounded in the word. I felt like that was huge for me. And then I guess, I mean, I had some really awesome influences growing up, I guess, just again in the church from Sunday school teachers to youth pastors, they always made me feel included. They always made me feel a part of of the family, like I belonged where I was. And I think it's interesting because I grew up completely surrounded by white because my adopted family is all white. My biological family, so Brooke and my siblings are all white. And the church I grew up in was pretty much all white. And I remember the elementary school I went to maybe had like two or three other kids of color. And so I had people ask if that was hard for me, you know, growing up and being the only black kid who was in the group that I was in. And I honestly don't remember feeling like it was that difficult. I I remember some things were hard at school, but again, in my places of safety and my places where I knew unconditional love was there for me, I didn't feel like I was an outsider. I didn't feel like I was an outcast because I looked different or because I was adopted. And again, I think that had so much to do just with my, my parents' influence and then the influence of the leaders I was around at church. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can name like any more very specific people, but yeah, I would definitely say, say my dad for sure. 
Yeah, no, that was that was a perfect answer. Good job. I just liked how you were saying that you didn't really realize you were adopted or put that kind of into concept or whatever, knowing anybody until kind of after high school and not really realizing that all adoptions aren't kind of like your adoptions. And I really take that in my own story because I've never really I felt that way, but I didn't really know how to put it on paper. And after you said that, that's 100% how I felt too. Just after kind of really starting to do this podcast, I really did start to think like kind of more into adoption that, you know, I was blessed and the things that happened in my life, you know, were definitely things of God and things that my parents did that they didn't have to do um, yeah. to to make me a better person and to do that stuff. And when you're, you're, you're young and that type of stuff, you don't take that stuff for, you take it for granted. And now mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, I definitely take and look back on those things that they did and the things that, you know, they showed me uh, very personally and, I, and it's something that I hold on to. So I really think that's a cool part of your story. Yeah, thank you. And I love how your parents presented adoption to you through the Bible mm-hmm. because that's the ultimate adoption for all of us. Right. And for the three of us who are adopted, we've been adopted twice. Yeah, so we, yeah, it's it's amazing. We get more of the adoption feeling, so we can share that adoption story with everybody. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's how my dad. I remember him kind of posing that perspective, like you're in at you're at an advantage because you actually are adopted and you know what it feels like. And so I think I always kind of prided myself in that. And, you know, growing up Christian, it was like, oh, I can understand this part of my relationship with God a little bit more because it's part of my story. Yes, that's, it's amazing. It's awesome to think about it that way. It smiles on my face. Um, I guess through your story, Whitney, was there any like questions or concerns or just any kind of thing? I know you said you really felt like you you had your identity, but for myself, I know I I, I did struggle with that in in certain times. I know we all do. Um, But was there any times throughout your story, you know, where you just had issues, stuff that you had to get over and kind of just share with our listeners of kind of how you got over it and just kind of what you did going to God 100%, but just kind of maybe an example or something? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that actually has has played a huge part into my testimony and just my story of how God has changed my life. I mean, I remember growing up, you know, there were things, I mean, there were kind of things that were, I guess, a little bit silly, also like had a big impact, but also weren't like a, a huge deal. But one thing like I have very crazy curly hair, mixed girl hair. And my mom is blonde. She has straight blonde white girl hair. So growing up, it was always such a struggle to try and figure out my hair because my mom, even though she tried effortlessly, I mean, she just tried everything she could figure out with my hair coming in with very little knowledge of what to do with it. It was just so hard thinking like, why don't I have someone who understands my hair and can help me figure it out? And I mean, I wouldn't say it ruined my relationship with my mom or anything, but I do remember that being a frustrating point growing up of of understanding that like, okay, this is one way that I'm different and that I'm not understood. 
And it just felt like a struggle. And I mean, I know a lot of girls who have hair like me growing up, they usually straightened it because it was, it was, you know, more socially acceptable to have straight hair. And I think too, like with my story, it was just easier for moms to deal with straight hair than with crazy curls. So anyway, there were things like that. And then I also remember I grew up spending a lot of time with two cousins on my mom's side. And I would say everyone on my mom's side kind of fit the same, how would you put it, fit the same mold. So I mean, they all kind of, their hair was the same. They all wore the same clothing size. Food affected their body the same way. And that has been something that I've, I've struggled with throughout my life and something that I feel like I've gotten a lot of breakthroughs since becoming an adult and just fully accepting the way that God created me and being okay that I don't fit in with my family in certain ways like that. I think that did play a huge part in my story. I would say as a girl, as a, as a woman learning what it means to embrace your body and appreciate how God created you. It's hard when, you know, you're the sore thumb that sticks out and it's like, well, I can't wear the same clothes that you can wear, or I can't handle my hair the same way you can, or food affects my body differently than it affects yours. So anyway, that I would say that definitely contributed to struggles with identity. And then too, I would say like, probably the biggest struggle that I had. And and I never really knew how to put words to it until obviously later on in life when I just kind of started wrapping my head around, like, I guess you could say social interactions a little bit more. But I do think that I, I had some pretty rough, I guess you could say, pure interactions growing up in elementary school, which I mean, is a pretty big deal now being a mom and seeing how easily influential little kids are and especially little girls they just pay attention to everything it makes sense why why those years in elementary school i would say in the school aspect were so difficult because there were a lot of times when i i felt like i wasn't accepted and i felt like i didn't fit in with any group and and that was really hard so then i changed schools in middle school and i went to more of a i guess you could say inner city type school, a lot more diversity. And I remember just going into that school, just so confused, like had no idea where I fit in because I naturally wanted to hang out with all the white kids because that's all I had known my whole life. But then I was starting to be accepted by the black kids. And I remember hanging out with a group of girls who were all African. They were from different countries in Africa and they they accepted me. They wanted me to hang out with them. And so, I mean, I just plummeted into a lot. I think most kids at that age do because they're just trying to figure out who they are and where they fit in in their identity. But I do remember that time in my life just being so confused, just walking around like I literally don't know where I fit because this is the first time I've been around kids who look like me. And do I fit in with them? Is that who I'm supposed to be around? And then in high school, I remember... Again, still struggling with that, like, like, where am I accepted? Where do I fit in? Where do I belong in peer groups? And I think I really, I think it was my sophomore year, I want to say of high school, really just had an encounter with the Lord. And there was so much that contributed to this. But at the end of the day, I think I really understood. I, I don't know why exactly at that specific age it sunk in, but 
I really understood that as long as I belong to God, as long as I belong to my heavenly father, that's all that matters. That's all the affirmation I need of belonging. And so I remember making some like pretty drastic decisions with who I was hanging out with, how I was dressing, how I was talking, because I think I was just starting to really accept who I was. And again, I think a lot of that had to do with you know, being a Christian in a public school. And I don't know, probably just deciding, like, I don't want to do a lot of the stupid things that I see my peers doing around me. But I know that being adopted and, and being different had a had a part to play in that as well. So anyway, so that was definitely, I would say, a big struggle throughout growing up and adolescence. And just, again, by the grace of God, I think my eyes were open to understanding where my significance comes from, understanding the reality of of really what it means to be a child of God and just fully embracing that. Obviously, it's not like all of my issues and struggles magically disappeared after that point in high school. But I do remember my identity feeling so much more solidified once that sunk into my heart and I understood I'm a child of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's all the acceptance that I need. Yeah, that's it's so powerful. That's awesome, Whitney. Because I mean, like everybody's different. We all have our own story for sure. But what you just said right there, I mean, seriously, that's something I'm working through, you know, right now. And so what you just saying, that's huge for myself because I, I always fought with identity and stuff like that, trying to find myself. But the more I get closer to God, it's like that's that's the true the true thing that heals you is uh, knowing that you're his child and that, you know, mm-hmm. that's enough. And so that's just a powerful, powerful thing for our listeners to hear that regardless where you're at or how you feel like you're lost or something, come back to God and know that start start with him. Know that you're his child and let yeah. everything flow out from there. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's so true. And I guess I don't I don't think I have any other questions, but do you do you feel like you have any other thing that you like to share with us about your your story or your testimony, Whitney? Yeah, I think just one thing that I always love to um, to bring up about my adoption story. And again, it's so fun getting to listen to Brooke share her story and her perspective. And it just, it makes me tear up every time I think about it or talk about it. Because it just like, it blows my mind how intentional God is and how intentional he is about pursuing our hearts in different ways and, and specific ways. I feel like the fact that God gave me the dad that he did was so intentional. And I will tell you now that my dad is not perfect. And I know that he has a lot of flaws and a lot of struggles. But thinking about how I grew up, and after listening to Brooke's perspective of my adoption story, the fact that having a dad in my life who was going to not only love me, but raise me to love Jesus was so important to Brooke. And that was something that kept driving her during her journey with deciding what she was supposed to do with me um, when she got pregnant with me. And the fact that she was willing to go through with adoption, even though there were so many moments in, in her journey where she wanted to say no and close the door and turn the other way, that was the thing that kept drawing her back to But I want my daughter to know what it's like to grow up with a present dad, a dad who loves her unconditionally and a dad who is going to 
to teach her about God and teach her about Jesus. And I really couldn't think of a better dad to have had to do all of those things. And I always love talking about that in my story, because for me, it just highlights that that was something I feel like, honestly, it was something that God was honoring in Brooke's heart. Like he was honoring that desire that she had for me to have a present father who loved me and wanted me to follow Jesus. And so that's why he's handpicked my dad. He handpicked my parents to, to raise me because I mean, I just now being an adult and learning about people's stories and and what it looks like to grow up with a dad who was absent or parents who were divorced or whatever it was, just a parent who who didn't want to be involved. I literally cannot imagine what that would have done to me and what that would have done to my story if I didn't grow up with a dad like the one that I had. And something that so many people have asked me throughout my life when it comes to my adoption is, do you ever wonder who your biological father is? Or do you ever feel like you you need to find him or you need to meet him? And I can honestly say that I have never felt an emptiness there. I have never felt a desire to have a relationship with him. And growing up, I didn't know anything about my biological father. It wasn't until Brooke and I started having conversations about my adoption story when I was an adult that she started being open and honest with me about who the guy was, who was my birth father. But I just feel like that was such a huge way that God was protecting me was, I mean, that void of having a dad was completely filled because he gave me such an incredible dad, a a physical dad. But then I think through the relationship I have with my dad, I learned so much about the love of God as a father. And I know that that I have so many friends and I know so many girls, so many women who grew up with daddy issues because Again, they didn't have that dad present. Either he wasn't there growing up or he wasn't he wasn't exemplifying Jesus to them. So anyway, I just I feel so grateful for that. And and I know too, like just hearing other people's adoption stories, not getting to know your biological parents. I can't even relate to that. I can't even really fathom what that would be like because from what I've heard with other adopted kids is that not knowing your adopted parents it haunts you like your whole life, not just as a kid, but into adulthood. If you don't know where you came from, it can really just mess with you and mess with your identity. And so again, I'm so grateful that my parents chose open adoption so I could have a relationship with Brooke. And I'm just so grateful that God, again, filled that void in my heart of not having a dad, you know, because if Brooke kept me, I wouldn't have had a dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so grateful that that was that was something that God was like, no, Whitney will be will be raised and will grow up with a father who loves her and a father who shows her my love. And again, my dad did not do it perfectly. He did it the best way that he could. But I'm just so grateful that that that's also a part of my story and and something that I can share with people, you know, whether whether they're adopted or not, I think it's so powerful to be able to, to share with people the importance of having a relationship with God in that father child way. Because obviously there's so many different ways that we relate to God and and we're created to relate to him in different ways. But the fact that that part of my story wasn't missing, I just am beyond words grateful for that fact. 
that's that's so awesome when he really is <laughs> and then I, I, just, I really like how you you just brought that back to you know having that loving father and uh, just how that showered on the father's love of jesus's love of, of how we have to be as people we have to show how god is and through his story of you know the little bit i know about him is is such a wonderful thing because i just feel like if you know more people did that and if we do that more of showing people how the love of jesus instead of doing all these other things is such a big thing and so i really appreciate you, sh- you sharing that story and sharing that into the story because that's a that's a pivotal moment in, kudos to your dad and, and, and your parents and stuff for doing that because it's it's a blessing that they did that and i mean me and craig talked in past episodes and just the, the 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 love that brooke had to do to be able to put you up for adoption and do all these things that people don't realize that that's love because she could have went the other route like you said and done it her way and and not done it the right way done it the way the lord's way done it the way that um is going to be most beneficial t- to you and i just um, i loved hearing that type of stuff because it people don't understand how hard that is and the things you have to go through in the nights you have to stay up and cry and to be able to to push forward and so i just really 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 uh, give you kudos and appreciate the story because it was wonderful well, thank you but yeah i don't i don't, don't have anything else i don't know if craig don't have anything else we're just gonna pray us out once again we just really appreciate your story whitney yeah well thank you again for having me on and it was such an honor just getting to to share my story and again just give God all the glory for what He's done and what He's doing. Yes. Awesome. Um, so yeah, Jesus, I just want to pray for Whitney as well as myself and Craig. I just want to put your name on high and just really want to thank you for everything you do for us. We all want to thank you for putting our stories, for making our stories, for uh, doing the things that you said you would do. We really do appreciate the love and the grace that you showered on us daily. I ask you just to give the words of Whitney speaking and the words of us speaking, give that to the listeners that need it, that need that hope, that need that strength. And we just put your name on high and we thank you for everything you do for us. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen.